welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam Renee and none other than the man, the myth, the legend. It's Front Row Kenny. How you guys doing? Kenny, you are a man. I'm not sure if you're a myth or a legend, but how you doing today? <laughs> I appreciate the kind words, but I'm doing good, though. I'm doing really good. I can't complain at all. It's a very nice day out here in Charlotte. It is very, very nice. So had a solid weekend. Can't complain whatsoever. How about y'all? How are y'all doing? Well, first of all, are you ready for the Roval? I am. And matter of fact, for anybody who is listening... I will be there this weekend, so if you can find a blue shirt, it won't be that hard to find me. <laughs> so definitely would look <laughs> like to meet anybody who is a fan of the podcast. We lo- always love to um, have that happen. So yeah, I'm excited. Should be a good one too. Okay, and then Jess, are you going to try to go to the tweet up this weekend or of haven't course, thought yeah, about I'll, it? Yeah, I think I'm going to make sure I make my way over there because it was it's a pretty cool event. If you are a NASCAR fan and it's your first time out at the Roval this weekend. Be sure to go out there. It's a real good time. I've met a lot of my followers that way, which is kind of cool. They're not followers. They're friends. Remember oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. What we're going to do is we will remind everyone to check out Kenny at the tweet up at Charlotte Motor Speedway right before the tweet up. Of course, he will be bringing you live updates on Turns No Breaks account, as well as his real job, which is MRN Radio. So make sure if you're not following him personally on Twitter, you can find him at Front Row Kenny. You can find MRN Radio across the board. So on Instagram, Twitter, as well as the Facebook. And you already know you can find all Turns No Breaks across all platforms and our username is turns no breaks and not to leave anyone out if you want to follow renee and all his shenanigans for the Mm -hmm. weekend he won't be in charlotte but you know renee's weekend is always a weekend you know what (laughs) you put you are the definition of weekend so yeah. <laughs> on that note, uh, well, you can follow me. I, I'm actually going to have a pretty full weekend as well next weekend. I won't be in Charlotte because I got a little bit confused on the dates. I will be at the Gary Clark Jr. concert. If you're not familiar with Gary Clark Jr., Google him. I know many of you guys don't share our music interests, but I think you guys will like Gary Clark Jr. He is a little bit blues a little bit rock and roll well hell he's all rock and roll and blues he has little elements of other music a little bit of country but he's all rock and roll and blues so make sure you guys check him out and follow me now weekend renee renee had a date it was a movie date (laughs) tell us a little bit about it well it was none other than just a newer movie date actually but it was really nice it was really uh low-key we went out there and saw uh, the movie Selena, which is an old movie, but uh, that's usually what these movie in the parks usually have. They just have like an old school movie playing. Everybody gets out there, uh, puts down like, you know, your little blankets. And we have a, I bought a little table, you know, kind of make it a little romantic, but uh, it's really nice. You know, sometimes I almost forget what it's like just to be civilized for once. <laughs> to do regular people stuff. Yeah, to do regular people stuff. <laughs> 
it's just so weird sometimes. <laughs> well, it's interesting, Kenny. I'm not sure if if you're familiar with the concept, but way back in the day, California used to have a lot of drive-in movie theaters where you mm. parked your car and you hooked up the little audio thing to your window and you watched movies on a big screen. Obviously, that's an outdated situation. There aren't any movie theaters and most of the movie theaters, the drive-in movie theaters that are still in existence are now swap meets. All of you guys know what a swap meet is. Hopefully I don't have to explain that. But California is, especially Los Angeles, has a lot of these movie theater in the park things. Because even before we came on air, I was asking Renee which one he went to, and I named off two or three before he told me which one he went to, which wasn't any of the two or three that I mentioned. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and what's wild, one of the things I really like, we have them, like, during the summer, you can find a movie in a park. You can find a lot of those. But during the fall, when it becomes Halloween, they have, what's the movie? Transylvania. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they'll play Transylvania. They'll play. But no, that's is that the name of the movie? What is it no, called? Well, there I is a there, there is a name of a movie there, but they do it at the cemeteries. Um, it's weird places that I would never hang out anyway. But uh, they play all these scary movies. I think Beetlejuice. They'll they'll play like Beetlejuice. Uh, some 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 stuff like that. I don't know. That's usually how they do it during Halloween. But what is the name of the movie when everybody dances? Uh, oh, that's uh, the Rocky Horror Show. Yes, Rocky Horror Show. Yes. I could not uh-huh. remember. All I can remember was Transylvania. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a Rocky but, Horror Show. Yeah, so those are pretty cool. And they actually, there's a restaurant in, they say it's West Hollywood, but technically it's Los Angeles. And I won't go into specifics of how LA is broken down, but EP and LP which is a two level. So EP is the restaurant and LP is the rooftop bar. Most people mm-hmm. go to EP, have dinner and then go upstairs and have a drink. And the view is incredible. You can see the Hollywood Hills. I believe you can see the Hollywood sign from the top, but there's one section of it. Most people don't know behind a door that they have a rooftop movie. And that of course is in a summer. We don't have a true winter in california or at least in los angeles so technically you can go all year long with outdoor events but in the summer they play all these amazing movies so it's great on that note my weekend was low-key i think i'm still recovering from las vegas but that's a whole nother story i did watch nascar so let's jump into some nascar talk without further ado i'm going to give you guys the top 10 as well as the playoff standings and then we are going to jump head first into all things nascar top 10 from richmond martin truex jr he's dominating let's think about it this guy took forever to win at a short track, and then he <laughs> swept Richmond this year. And not only did he sweep, shoot, it looks like he's about to sweep the playoffs because we've only had two races in the playoffs, and Martin Truex Jr. has won both of those. Kyle Busch was there, but I think his head was spinning when Truex went by him because mm-hmm. that was like, whoa. Kyle Busch is like, wait, you just came on the team. I mean, <laughs> technically... They had the alliance in prior years, but now Truex is an official Joe Gibbs teammate. And Kyle Busch is like, wait, this is what I do. I do all the winning on this team. I'm just paraphrasing, but yeah, Yeah. Kyle Busch, I'm sure is, uh, he's upset. Denny Hamlin, one of their other teammates, he came in third. And we all know by now, Eric Jones came in fourth. 
for the one, two, three, four sweep of Richmond, but it was no cigar because he did not pass inspection. Right. So that reverted. Well, I won't even say reverted because he just did not come in fourth place once he failed post-race inspection. And he is our last place winner. Can you be a last place winner? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess you could. Guess you could yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, he's the last place winner. Where we're at, Truex with the win, Kyle Busch second, Denny Hamlin third, and Brad Keselowski moved up into the fourth spot once Eric was disqualified for failing post-race inspection. Ryan Newman fifth, Kyle Larson sixth, Kevin Harvick seventh, Clint Boyer eighth, Daniel Suarez ninth, and Jimmy Johnson tenth. Now, that's pretty interesting because Daniel nor Jimmy are actually in the playoffs but to come in the top 10 that's not bad still not great considering that jimmy still can't get right but hey a top 10 i guess he'll take it he has no choice notables and these notables are playoff drivers who fell out the top 10 at richmond joy logano was 11 chase elliott 13 eric amarola 16 ryan blaney 17 and you know what i do this all the time when am i gonna learn just backtracking i'm not sure if i said ryan blaney or ryan newman in fifth but ryan newman was fifth (laughs) and we're going to talk about that a little bit later ryan blaney was 17th kurt bush 18th alex bowman 23rd william byron 24th and eric jones he was the 38th driver out of 38 drivers playoff standings what is it looking like you already know martin truex jr has the top spot in the playoffs Harvick is second, Kyle Busch third, Brad Keselowski fourth, Denny Hamlin fifth, Joey Logano sixth, Chase Elliott seventh. The next, what is that? Next five drivers don't even have a win. But Larson is maintaining that eighth spot in the playoffs. Ryan Newman, the ninth spot. Ryan Blaney, the tenth spot. Eric Amarola, the eleventh spot. And William Byron, twelfth. If the playoffs started right now, today, Alex Bowman, Clint Boyer, Kurt Busch, and Eric Jones are done. And I think it's safe to say Eric Jones is going to be done, period, unless he wins. Like that post-race, felon post-race inspection hurt him completely. So I think yeah. he's done regardless, unless he wins. Yeah, it that stuff hurt him bad. He would have been, I think, maybe 14 points out of the cutoff mm-hmm. line had he had not been disqualified but that's going to be a, a really big steep hill for him to climb and what now the robo coming up is somewhat of a wild card race not necessarily a daytona or a talladega but a tough racetrack and one on top of that where almost anything can happen so it's a pretty much do or die for him out yeah. of anybody that's in the cutoff um, space right now i'll agree with that i don't see eric jones winning that anyway even though i know anything can happen and speaking on top of that, Ryan Newman can thank Eric Jones' disqualification post-race <laughs> for coming in, for helping him out into that ninth spot where he's at now. And just sticking to the Ryan Newman thing here real quick, he really praised his team and uh, the efforts of the pit stops that he had. They had really good pit stops. They had a good race in general. I think it's safe to say that Ryan Newman said something that I personally agree with in his interview after the race. And he said this was by far the best performance of the entire year, including the first two couple of races in the playoffs, which which I, I would probably agree with him. But he said he wishes that he could have just had this kind of uh, racing throughout the entire year, better position himself 
But regardless of the fact, he'll take that, you know, uh, fifth place this past weekend, whether or not he had a good year or not. But And I agree. I take it, too. Question for you guys. How far do you think Ryan Newman can advance in the playoffs? Right now, if the playoffs started today, he's going to make it to the round of 12. But do you think realistically he can make it to the round of eight? It's possible. What he did this past weekend, it could give him a little bit of uh, motivation, a little fire underneath the, the entire team. I could see him getting into the round of eight. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know if that's really realistic, but I think it's very possible. I don't think it's impossible. It, with him and his level of consistency, I think it's very possible for him to move on to the next round. I mean, this is a guy who actually almost won the championship in the current format without getting a win. The year Kevin Harvick won his championship, he almost won it without winning a race. He almost did. It almost happened. So if there's anybody in there that could do it, it's probably him. Well, I asked a question because right now he's sitting in the ninth spot. And we both know, or all of us on this podcast know, as well as our listeners, Larson is Mr non-consistent and he's in the eighth spot so technically it's feasible and it can happen on that note one thing taking it back a little bit to what Renee said he mentioned the word fire of course I want to talk about fire and maybe you guys know where I'm going with this but Alex Bowman was fired up I don't know if that was a good transition (laughs) call me corny but hey I wanted to throw that out there yeah, I'll tell you this. As far as were you talking about the the Bowman and the Byron thing? Of course, no, it wasn't yeah. Byron. It was Austin Dillon. I mean, uh, Austin Dillon. Yes, that's right. I don't know as far as what Austin Dillon thought Bowman was doing. I don't think that 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 was intentional. The little bump, the the little bump and grind that they were going back and forth with. Here's the funny thing: is that Childress had recently told his grandson, if you will. Although, of course, I hate to try to throw that in there because I don't want to make it seem like it's biased or anything, but it's hard not to make it seem that way. But, you know, Childress had just recently, you know, talked to Dylan about taking no BS on the track. And they're going back and forth and here and there. And, I mean, Dylan just wrecks out Bowman. And, and what I thought was so funny is after the race, uh, Bowman's telling in the interview, he goes, I don't know, man. He goes, you know, that guy just races stupid sometimes. <laughs> they sounded like two young drivers going at each other, really, to tell you the truth. I don't know if this necessarily would have played out if it would have been maybe two older drivers, but I thought it was just kind of a little too too much for these guys to be going at it like that and then trying to wreck each other out. I kind of thought that that wasn't going to happen at first, but he didn't give him enough room. Like He didn't get Bowman enough room out there, so yeah. when they made contact, I'm like, he's going to be pretty mad. Like He <laughs> was, and I don't blame him. I would have. I probably would have been just as mad as he was, especially during this time of the season. And from his radio, this is one thing he said. He said, I'm going to shove that silver spoon he's been fed off all his life up his ass. That's exactly what he said on the radio. (laughs) He was not holding back. And it's just ironic in a week where Hemrick gets let go from RCR and that's people's main argument. So that was quite funny. And I haven't ever seen Alex Bowman that fired up and or saying anything to that nature it was kind of shocking but i can't blame him it's the playoffs this is not the time for anything to go wrong and especially now he's sitting up off the cutoff line it's very doable for him not a must-win situation but he's gonna have to points his way in if not get a win at the roval next week but yeah he was pretty upset i don't blame him one bit i probably would have been just as mad i thought that comment was funny coming from alex bowman because 
like he's obviously not a rookie, but you're kind of like the new guy on the block. And it just goes to show you all this animosity people have for Austin Dillon. Like I talked about it last week, but uh-huh. I feel it's it's almost like with Paris Hilton. And on that note, speaking of Paris Hilton, her grandfather, who was once my boss, passed away, Baron Hilton. So rest in peace, Baron. One of the things that I used to always defend Paris Hilton on she got a lot of flack because people would say, oh, everything was handed to her. Her family has money. It's not her fault, first of all. And second of all, what came out, which I already knew, but it's been publicized, is that Baron Hilton, who passed away at 91, he left 97 or 98 percent of his billions with an S wow. to charity and to the Baron Hilton Foundation. So it's not like they inherited all this money. Now, granted, they got money to start with, money that most people would never get an opportunity to see. And they had a leg up in life from the beginning. But going back to Austin, I'm going to continue to defend Austin like I did last week because it's not Austin's fault that Pop Pop has money. Yeah, I don't get it. And it's like you worked hard. That's not your fault either. Your parents, your grandparents didn't set you up. No, for sure. And I hate to say it so bluntly, but it's this reoccurring theme that Austin is a silver spoon fed kid, blah, blah, blah. But it's not his fault. And stop hating. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Unless anybody (laughs) else want to add something to it. Um, I'll just say quickly, I don't disagree with you, of course. It's not his fault that obviously he's grown up into money, grown up into a good chance that you know, obviously being a cup driver now, I'm not taking that away from him whatsoever. I think people's more so their gripe is probably the talent level over the money, so to speak. I get it. Him having that ride is fine. I get it. He's brought money. He's got money. He's good to go. Is he better than some other drivers that probably should have a shot? No, I don't think so. There's some people I don't think are better than him. I mean, that people that are better than him would probably suit that car better. I think there's some people that may be able to get more out of that car. And I think this is actually a perfect segue into what Adam Stern talked about this week with Tyler Reddick moving up. He's a bit of a guy who has a lot of money, but I think he also has a talent to back it up. Now, the thing is, are we going to see that happen? If he can get more out of the car than Austin can, for example, it'll be interesting. I think that's something to note for um, going into 2020. There were a few comments on the Twitter, because, of course, we hang out a lot on the Twitter. People are mad about the Tyler Reddick situation. But, hey, if you haven't learned nothing yet, the sport is about money. Here's my thing. As a team owner, I got to look at how can I support the team. And if somebody's bringing $5 million to the team versus us having to go out and hustle $5 million for the team, which one are you going to do? You're going to take the $5 million for the team, mm-hmm. right or wrong? Yeah, that's a that's an easy uh, uh, question to answer there. <laughs> when you think about it, the more money a team has, the better quality pit crew guys you can have, the better quality engineers you can have, the better off everybody is. You need yeah. money. There's this misconception that you like money makes the world go around. And this is a sport that is heavily, heavily. I said heavenly, but heavenly, you know what I'm saying. But heavenly mm-hmm. too, shoot, I don't know. You need money. The way it went down, is it right? Probably not. But was Hemrick really driving like that? Did he make the choice easy for them? 
Now, granted, I understand he was a rookie and you need time to get things together, but hey, $5 million, that'll last a good amount of time. (laughs) It's a tough call because I get both ends. I'm not being insensitive because I do feel bad for the young guy, but I understand that when you're running a business, you need money. And NASCAR, RCR is a business first. And for those that have things to say about Austin Dillon, the last I checked, that car was fully funded. In fact, Jack Daniels, who's been out the sport forever, jumped back in for the Roval. And they're actually going to be sponsoring the car for one race. Say what you want about Austin, but Austin is not lacking sponsorship dollars. And I'm going to say this again. He has won two races. That's right. That, I, don't, that, that, I don't deny his Jack wins. Jack jump back in. It was awesome. Yeah. I don't take away his wins, 100%. I don't whatsoever at all. Just thinking about the Hemrick situation to Reddick. Yeah, like you said, Tam, it's a tough deal. And again, just like any other sport, it's a business at the end of the day. So it does suck because that guy is probably our rookie of the year. For one, this won't be the first time we've had a rookie of the year dip out after his first season with the team. So it's a tough deal. I think personally, they'll probably end up regretting it in terms of the talent level that they already have. I just wish they had better cars for both of them, if we're really being honest. If the cars are better, I seriously think Hemrick will probably be in a much, much better situation. But at the moment, that's just not what's happening. I think the most realistic thing that could happen to him going into next year would be to be an Xfinity driver once again with some team full time. Perhaps it might be Reddick. I mean, excuse me. Perhaps with the Reddick swap, it may be Hemrick to go back into his car and he'll have another shot to run full time again. So, yeah, it's a real tough deal. I hate for that to happen for him because I feel like he was one of the rookies I really enjoyed this season. I thought him and Priest are two really solid race car drivers just overall. And I think they would, you know, contribute at some point once the equipment, you know, matches up with what they have because those both of those guys can drive without a doubt. I know for a fact, but it's a rough deal. But Reddick may be maybe the next guy because RC has said time and time again, and especially after Kansas, when he came in the top 10, he wants him in a car next year. I didn't know if that had meant they were open up the 31 car again, but it didn't mean that quite clearly. So it seemed like Hemrick was in that line of fire. And unfortunately, he's going to be out of a cup ride, at least for a next season. Kenny, you said that you wish he was in a better car. Yeah, but I, if you have money, you can be in a better car. So that's just the argument right there. Like it keeps well, coming back to the basics. Money. You need money. Well, OK, so we can go back to that, right? If you need more money. Then in that case, if Austin Dillon has all the money, it doesn't even show for it in that case. He's 22nd in points. It hasn't shown for it, if that's the case. You know what I mean? I don't think they have a, enough. I think they have, it's great they have the full sponsorship, but in terms of turning that into performance, I don't think it's done as much. You know what I mean? It hasn't done that drastically of a difference for Richard Childress Racing, unfortunately, you know? What is Jimmy in points? As in Jimmy Johnson, Hendrick Motorsports fully funded. One primary sponsor. Yeah, I'm aware, but he's, I'm aware he's an 18th, 100%. Fully get that. I mean, it just goes to show, is there enough money in those cars? You can say the same exact thing for anybody else, or is it the driver? Because sometimes it can be the driver. It's not always the car. I mean, we can go back to that as well in terms of not having as much money. For example, Ryan Newman, who was in that car before him? Trevor Bain couldn't get a lick of what was, what Ryan Newman is doing currently, right? Couldn't even get close to it. Ryan Newman's driving a car to where it probably even shouldn't be. 
I think that is where the difference is. And again, I still think there is some element of driver to car more so than it just being all car. Because I think for some people's case, it's more car than driver at times. Like Martin Truex is a good race car driver. We know that. And he has a good car to back it up and he matches the performance. That's the difference. So in the case of an Austin Dillon, a Jimmy Johnson, maybe they're just not getting enough out of what they have. Because you got to make do with what you have. Look at Ross Chastain. That's another person to look at. He shouldn't be doing what he does in the Xfinity series for JD Motorsports. That's not to knock them, but to come in the top 10 in a car that shouldn't be in the top 10 compared to a Joe Gibbs car or a Richard Childress car, those things shouldn't happen on paper when you have all this backing and all this money. Those things shouldn't happen. But a driver can make some of the adjustments to the car and make it happen. Like Ryan Newman. That's the big difference. Well, Kenny has spoken, and I'm sure NASCAR Nation, as well as our listeners who are a part of NASCAR Nation, have a lot to say. Tweet us. Hit us up on Instagram. You can also email us if you go to the website. Leave a comment once we post the podcast on the website and let us know what you think. I think this is going to be a forever ever, ever, never ending topic. (laughs) And I don't really care one way or the other. I think it's messed up what's happening to Hammery, but I also know that it's a sport that's based on money. You need some money, honey. So Mm -hmm. that is pretty much that. What else is going on in NASCAR? I know there were a bunch of little updates. I know SMI is finally private completely. What else is going on this week? Well, that SMI deal is probably one of the the next domino piece into the 2021 schedule, that's going to make a huge difference. I know that once and what seems like what's going to happen is they're going to get bought by NASCAR as well. And that's going to be a done deal. That seems like it's going to happen if they went because they went private this week. So I'm expecting that to happen soon. But as far as um, drivers go, I know William Byron locked in his sponsorship with uh, Liberty University for another two years, which deal, according to Adam Stern, is around six figures per race, which is pretty high. <laughs> yep there you go and money not, again <laughs> yeah i mean i mean you need it you, you have to have it so it's, it's no Tem, doubt that's what tam just said <laughs> yeah no you have to it's it's without a doubt without question you do have to have it 100 percent. and as far as drivers as well chris busher and ryan priest at jtg daughtery motorsports i think they are locked in for another year is what it seems like and that's the report from stern so They'll be back in the 37 and the 47 next year is what it seems like. I think that pretty much wraps up most of the NASCAR news for this week. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Everything that I was going to mention, you already mentioned. And (laughs) shout out to Adam Stern over at Sports Business Journal. He pretty much breaks all the real news now. I feel like this is just a complete side note. For our new listeners, our older listeners already know, but I used to write for thedrive.com when it was owned by Time Inc. And they don't really cover NASCAR as much as they used to. And of course, you have Bob Pockris over at Fox and you have a few other people like Jordan who are over at The Athletic. But nobody's really covering those type of stories. Everything is reactive stories based on the race and little incidents that happen, whether it's a Kyle Busch who makes a comment about some driver being, what did he call him? A field feeder or something like that. A but field filler. <laughs> yeah, field filler, the tongue twister. But saying that to say, Adam Stern does a most excellent job giving us some real stories, some real NASCAR news and not that the rest of it isn't but I don't always want to hear that 
Kyle Busch did this and was talking smack about that or blah, blah, blah. And I watched the race, so I don't necessarily always need a recap. And that's one of the reasons why if you check out allturnsnobreaks.com, you don't see a lot of the same stories being reposted. Yes, we can do a better job adding a little bit more news, but we just kind of felt as if, check out the podcast, hear us talk about the news. We are close to wrapping up the podcast. I think the only thing we have left is to give our predictions for the Roval. But before we give our predictions, I do have a fan comment of the week. And this is a tweet that came from somebody named Larry MC Wino. So Larry McWino. I shouldn't even read this tweet for the simple fact is that his user, that was his user, and his name is Angry American. Oh, I, I can't wait for this. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, speaking of Kyle and jumping back on the whole topic of Hemrick, Angry American user Larry McWino, he states in a tweet that was directed to us, Turns No Breaks, on Twitter, as well as Dustin Long, and Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and I believe Las, or NBC Sports Twitter account. He says, Kyle's comment was a reflection of one of the reasons the stands are empty. Far too many untalented drivers buying rides. Fans want to see talented drivers who want to win and not drivers who post their top 15 finishes on Twitter. And that was in response to Kyle Bush pretty much bragging about the support that he got from fellow drivers about his comment the field filler comment yeah that was a tough one because there's some truth in the tweet it's funny as all outdoors but there's some truth in it but it's just a little nasty to actually say and there was a response to that tweet scott stevenson he chimed in and said lol as in laugh out loud as much talent now as ever in the sport been slow cars forever. Put the KB Kool-Aid down already. He's basically reiterating the fact that this has been going on forever. Stop riding KB's jockstrap, as they would say back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. There's something to be said about drivers. Or, I don't want to use the word less talented. But, you know, if you got money, you can get a ride. Yeah, that was the case. I mean, even back in the day, it could still happen. I just think it's more prevalent to happen these days than anything. But just the overall comment is is comical. I feel like with Kyle Busch, people hate him so much. But once he is all said and done and or and or said and gone, people are going to appreciate him then. Then they're not going to appreciate him now. It's just not going to happen. He is just I'm not giving the exact raw comparison, but. Dale Earnhardt, people didn't love him as much as people think he did at, until after he passed away. I'm going to be Ooh. 100% honest. This is coming from fans who grew up in the 80s and the 90s. They know this for a fact. People hated him just about as much as anybody else, just as much as a Kyle Busch. They could not stand this dude. All up until he passed away, that's when everything kind of changed and everything became a different world. Obviously, there was a Gordon versus Earnhardt feud. That was a thing. There were fans split up that way. And it's just the same thing with a Kyle Busch and a Joey Logano or a Kyle Busch and Keselowski fan. It's the same exact thing. And I don't see how we're going to go on the lines of saying he's not talented and let alone 
Look, it's probably one of the most competitive fields. If you go back in the history books, we're at a level where we probably would have never imagined that. If you got at least 16 cars that can win, it wasn't always like that. You might have had a couple that could definitely win each weekend, for sure. And then the rest is just the rest. Unless some crazy stuff happens, that's the only way they win. The top 10 can win. Somebody out that top 10 can win. It's not impossible. Top 12 to say it now. It's possible. But it's just mind-blowing to think that that is the reason why people aren't there. That has nothing to do with that. Kyle Busch is all the damn talent in the world. There's no denying that. If you hate him, you hate him. But at least do justice and respect somebody as what they are. Like, you can hate LeBron James and respect him as a player. You can hate Kobe Bryant, respect him as a player. Same thing with Michael Jordan. Same exact thing. And it can go on and on and on for days, but... It's, it just doesn't make sense to me when people say that. I don't understand that. What more do you want? Because people claim they want, I want someone with personality. I want a driver that's fired up. I want someone like Earnhardt, like Pearson, like Petty. Well, guess what? Kyle Busch don't give a damn. And that's what he does every weekend. <laughs> I'm not, that's for sure. And I'm not saying what he said to the media was rude when he did do what he did. But guess what? He's what you've been yearning, but you hate what you yearn, which makes no sense. It's yeah. crazy. I'm going to second that motion, Kenny. I, I, and you took the words right out of my mouth about the whole uh, basketball analogy there. Non-fans of Kyle Busch won't appreciate Kyle Busch until you're right. He's already gone and he's quit the sport and he's not racing anymore. Then they'll appreciate it when they look back. But right now, because he's he's on the track and he's racing against their favorite drivers, that's just not going to happen. And you were right by using the analogy of basketball because I was thinking the same thing when, you know, people were tired of seeing Michael Jordan win and they were tired of seeing Larry Bird and, and Magic Johnson going at it all the time in the 80s. But you look back at that and you appreciate those rivalries. You appreciate, you know, the dominance of people like that. And they're going to appreciate the dominance of uh, of Kyle Busch at, at some point, or at least the talent of what he, what he has on the track because you're right. There's no denying that he has the talent of doing what he does. And he's damn good at it. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing that you can say. There's nothing you can show. There's nothing you can Facebook or find on YouTube that's going to say anything different. You might be able to find something that you might like to just post because you're hating. But when it all comes down at the end of the day, he's he's just a hell of a driver. And that's just the end of it. Absolutely. Just one last thing. I forgot to add this in this comment. Was when we talk about drivers and praising the ones to get a top 10 finish, a 14 for 15, 16 place finish, you know what's the craziest thing? Those are the same exact fans who are rooting for Matt Benedetto, and that ain't taken away from him, but are the same ones going berserk when he goes in second and saying he deserves a ride, or the one, or when he comes in seventh, oh man, he definitely should be in a ride. Stop playing devil's advocate with that. Just say you don't <laughs> like Kyle Busch or whomever it is. Just say that. It is really just that simple. That stuff drives me crazy. I can't stand when fans do that. You already know how I feel about Kyle Busch. I love Kyle Busch. I think he's great for the sport, and... I was going to say something really effed up, but I won't. But I'm just going to transition into basketball-wise. Shout out to Mario and Whitney. The show is over. Will they get picked up? Who knows? No recap because I need to catch up on the last episode. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I love Kyle Busch. I don't like everybody, but I like Kyle Busch. And you guys know where I'm going with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying okay. That's exactly where she's going with that. <laughs> yeah. It is time for some... Oh, before Run. we get in predictions, oh. shout out to Sebastian Vettel, who won 
the Singapore Grand Prix Formula One race. He had not won a race in 13 months. That is like mind boggling. Wow. Yeah. And I'm all day, every day, Lewis Hamilton, but you know, I got a rep for Ferrari because one day I'm going to be a part of the Ferrari Club of America. So <laughs> I got to give a shout out to all my Ferrari Club folks. <laughs> and unfortunately, we are recording this podcast right before the IndyCar finale. For this season, but shout out to Joseph Newgarten because I know Joseph Team Penske, Team Chevy is going to win the championship again this year. So that's all I wanted to say. So now oh. it is some time. Now is it is some time. Now it is time for some predictions. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, who you got? It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. All right, the Roval. Here we go. All right, now I am I'm, I'm gonna go right on record right now that Martin Truex will not win three in a row. That's just not gonna happen. But I tell you who is gonna win at the Roval, and that is gonna be none other than my guy Denny Hamlin. I'm looking for Denny Hamlin to come out and show out and prove that he is going to go into the next round and he's going to be a part of the, the playoffs for the rest of the, the entire playoffs. So look for Denny Hamlin to win. And uh, if I have to have an alternative pick, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. I think Kyle Busch still uh, might show up and uh, take that checkered flag, but it's definitely going to be Denny Hamlin. Uh, those are my picks, and I'm sticking with them, guys. How about you, Kenny? All right, so heading to the roll second time. Me and Tam watched this one live last year with Blaney winning, which was a pretty, pretty crazy one, I'll say. So for me, as my main pick, I am going to go with Kyle Larson to shock the field on Sunday. Then I'm going to go with it as my alternative pick. I will take Ryan Blaney again. I think he's got a good shot. He's had a really solid year, just hasn't won yet. And I think that's another place you could probably do it again. So with that being said, Miss Tam. This is a tough one. And the funny thing is I forgot who won the Roval last year, even though I was there until you said it was Ryan Blaney. I forgot. I am going to start off with my alternative pick. And there's no history lesson because I feel like the Roval, what history? I did, well, actually, we just gave you the history. <laughs> Ryan Blaney won the one and only Roval. So... I am going to do something a little bit different. Like I just mentioned, I'm going to pick my alternative first. My alternative is going to be a non-playoff driver for the win. And my winner, I'm just going to say, F it. I really want to pick Kyle Busch, but I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. Because I'm like, what the hell? Why not? He already won two races and he's been pretty consistent. Why not sweep the whole first round of the playoffs and shake it up and shake a few people out? Well, we already know unless Eric Jones wins, he's out definitely. I don't want to see my boy Kurt. Well, I don't want to see my boy Clint Boyer out, but yeah, I'm going to go with Truex Jr. for the win. My alternative pick is going to be somebody who is not in the playoff. All right. I like the sound of that. Not too specific, but straight to the point. Those are our picks. What say you, NASCAR fans and people that listen to all Turns No Breaks? If you have picks, why don't you hit us across the board at Turns No Breaks on social media. And um, for Tam, myself, Front Row Kenny, we always appreciate you listening and supporting all Turns No Breaks. And we will see you again next week here on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. See y'all at the Rover. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 